What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Um, today's show has nothing to do with real estate at all, but it has everything to do with life and uh, our family, our kids, um, all of that stuff. And I think it's really important. Um, I have a, um, a platform of a podcast. I have people that listen to it. We have um, people that, are, that have a lot of impact that they have the potential to have a lot of impact in their lives that listen to it. And um, today we're going to be talking about something I saw on a Facebook post this morning um, and I immediately knew that we had to do something. And this is like the only thing that I knew how to do was um, get some of this information out there and um, and let you guys hear about it. So it's going to be about bullying. And um, I know this uh, firsthand. I remember when I was a kid and this hit me really hard this morning. Um, so I want to share it with you. I want to bring uh, my guest on and I want to talk about um, how her son is getting bullied at school and and some of the story and things like that. So uh, this is going to have nothing to do with real estate, but everything to do with life, which is why we do real estate in the first place, isn't it? So uh, we'll roll the theme music and we'll come back um, with my guest today, uh, Heather Foster, talking about uh, bullying. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody. This is going to be a pretty tough show for me, I think. Uh, I was actually like almost in tears reading a Facebook post this morning and uh, about Heather's son who was being bullied at school. So we're going to talk about it a little bit and, and challenge some of you. And I, we're probably going to go to some places that might feel uh, pretty uncomfortable and pretty raw and, and challenge some, some of the parenting methods that are out there and some of those things and teachers. I know there's a lot, probably a lot of teachers that listen to us, former teachers, uh, all kinds of things like that. But there's got to be something that we can do as a community as a group of leaders to uh, stop some of this stuff and, and help help the kids and help the parents, frankly, um, because it's not easy to watch your kid go through something like this. So um, you guys, I, I know that you remember Heather. A lot of you work with her right now. Um, she's an amazing part of our community. She was a great part of Blackjack and uh, somebody who I've kind of watched kind of grow as an entrepreneur, build a brand, build businesses, and um, just like on social media lately, just doing some really, really cool stuff. So um, I, I, I sent her a text message this morning, right? I was in the gym, I was looking at this post, and um, I, I could just, I went back to, to middle school and high school. And uh, some challenging moments uh, flooded into my head, and I just was called to send her a quick message and say, hey, could we jump on a quick podcast today and talk about this because I think what you just posted on on Facebook needs to be heard by more people and seen by more people. So um, Heather, welcome to the show. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah. Could you tell everybody a little bit about like uh, just about you, who you are and what you do real quick and then we'll jump into it? Yeah. So I, I suspect some of the people who watch this might might know me at this point. Um, I'm a marketer by trade. I run a company called Oh My REI. Uh, we focus on real estate investors, and we also recently started a renovation company working specifically with investors because, well, honestly, I think that uh, the needs of investors are different. So um, having a renovation company pretty specifically catered to real estate investors was a neat idea. So uh, that's all been really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just a mom. I'm very busy all the time. <laughs> Yeah, how many kids do you guys have? We have four. Four kids. Four kids. And I've also seen you, you moved here to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You have uh, 
you kind of promoted the chicken life uh, to me. <laughs> you are uh, doing some really cool stuff. You're I making, credit like, homemade myself for doing that because you thought I was absolutely crazy when I told you that kind of stuff. And I love seeing that you're living farm life now. And I credit myself every time Joe will post something or he'll he'll see that you're doing something. And I'm like, he thought I was nuts for raising chickens. <laughs> Yeah, chickens. I saw your like plants, your seedlings yeah. that are going in now. You guys do a lot of homemade stuff. I've mm. seen, uh, I think, cheese and donuts oh, and yeah. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so um, it's really cool to see what you guys do. Mm. And um, I think we're going to get into it, but um, maybe so let, let's start with um, you were telling me a story kind of pre show about you as you were a kid. What was it like? Um, kind of some of who you were and growing up. What was that like? Yeah. So I. I experienced a lot of bullying growing up. Um, I was raised by my grandparents predominantly. I lived with them. Um, I had siblings, they lived with my mother. Um, so I was raised by predominantly a man who was born in 1933. Um, that alone made life a little different for me because growing up, I, I always felt more connected to people who would be considered like Gen Xers, right? Like they were raised by the people who were born in the 40s and and, and all of that. Um, so I had trouble um, understanding my peers. I, I listened to Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, not Britney Spears, and that caused its own um, issue. Uh, when I hit middle school, I, I got really excited. You know, a lot of things were open to me. I was a dancer and a gymnast. I wanted to be a cheerleader, but I was also, um, well, I mean, I, I suffered from ugly duckling syndrome. You know, I was kind of tubby. It was a little, you know, weird. Uh, you know, my teeth were weird. Like I, I was a kid. Right. Um, and I think that between the ages of like nine and 14, kids go through this phase where like they're, they're not as cute as they used to be, but they're not quite like adults. Um, so I got picked on a lot. Um, and how I dealt with that was um, becoming kind of artistic. Uh, I wouldn't say goth, but definitely slightly alternative. Um, and I got really into that kind of stuff. And when I was um, in seventh grade, uh, I moved in with my mom for a short period of time and then my grandparents moved up north in Michigan. Um, it was only about six months of me living there before I moved up north with my grandparents again. Um, I was raised like right outside of Detroit, so I was kind of a city kid. And then I moved to the country, um, like one streetlight kind of country. Um, and it was a running joke when I actually started school that people thought that I killed someone and that was how that was why I was transferred up north. <laughs> um, but I dealt with some really relentless uh, bullying, all emotional, honestly. It was, um, it was akin to torture, to be completely honest. I, as a kid, um, also, you know, I've, I've talked about this before on your podcast about um, having bipolar disorder. I was undiagnosed at that point. But, um, you know, in hindsight, I can see that, like, that, um, caused me to self-harm because I didn't know, I didn't know how to handle these kids. You know, my, my grandparents and even my mother, they, they would tell me things like, oh, well, they're just jealous, just ignore them, this, that, and the other. And 
how do you ignore somebody consistently like going after you? Um, and when Gabriel started experiencing this, like, I don't like to use the word triggered because I feel like it's kind of overused, but I was definitely triggered by that because my gut instinct told me to say, well, they're just jealous of you or, you know, um, just ignore them. And I knew deep down that it was impossible to ignore that level of kids are determined. If they, if they want to get a rise out of you, they will. And eventually you just close up. You just close up into yourself. You stop talking to your parents. You stop being you um, because the advice is not helpful. Now, today, um, kids experience something even worse than what I experienced in school. Um, they've got all of that. And then they've got, um, well, I don't know, two and a half years of like barely going to school regularly because of COVID. Uh, kids are violent. It's, it's not, it's not just picking like Gabriel. I, I had to check him for a concussion yesterday. Like that's how messed up his face was. And you know, I did the harming to me because I didn't know, I didn't know how to handle that for myself. Um, Gabe is being harmed by others and I'm afraid that he's not going to know how to let that rage out. Um, and, and it's not just Gabe, like this, this is happening to a lot of kids. I, I have, um, joined like a Facebook group for kids in, in our area who were going to school. It's every day. There was a kid in kindergarten beat up yesterday. Kindergarten, you know, we're, we're talking like five years old beaten up by an older kid and mm. kids have, um, they have no ability to go to anybody about it. Um, back when I was in school, I found my safe person who was actually my English teacher. Um, she was really, really nice. And she, she knew how to handle talking to me. She knew how to deal with the people who were going after me. Um, and I credit her a lot to, um, helping me seek the help I needed and helping her like facilitate that with my parents. You know, kids don't have that anymore. Like Gabe has talked to his teachers. He's talked to the counselors. He's, he's done all the right things, but it's, they don't do anything. And I mean, I have several friends who are teachers and I mean, they've reached out to me and you know, it's, it's kind of a multi-tiered problem because it's not that they don't care. I mean, maybe some of them don't care, but a lot of their hands are tied. Um, a friend actually posted that one of his friends who was a, a teacher lost his license for intervening in a fight. So what do they do? Right? Like it's just, it's, it's a, it's a big problem. And I think that, you know, with kids uh, there, there's a lot of, respect issues. Um, and I was talking to my mother about this last night because she said the same thing. She was like, well, kids don't respect, uh, people nowadays. And I was like, you know, I don't think that you can teach respect. You can teach manners, but you can't teach respect. Respect is something that you see. It's something that we mm -hmm. emulate. And my children are respectful because we're respectful. You know, Joe still opens doors for people. Like, I know that's kind of old school, but, you know, we, if we see somebody stopped on the side of the road, we still check if somebody's okay. But our kids get to see that. They get to see us be respectful people. 
parents either aren't acting the way that they need to in order to facilitate that um, happening with their own kids, or they're just not around enough in order to do that. Um, but I don't think that respect is something that you can teach someone. It's something that if you don't see it, to be able to emulate it, it doesn't exist. And I think that there's a, a huge problem of kids not having respectful role models to teach them that. So okay. can you can you tell us a little about what's going on with Gabe? Like tell the story and, and how old he is, a little bit of background on him. You mentioned him a few times. Yeah. So Gabriel is 11. Um, and this is something that's frankly been happening to him since he was about, I'd say second grade it started to to really rear its head. Um, Gabe is soft-spoken. He's my artistic kid. Uh, he is very sweet and sensitive and mature and likes to draw, right? He, uh, he doesn't need a whole lot of friends. He wants like a couple close people to him and he wants to build that little community for himself. Um, but that um, has made him a target. Uh, and I knew that that was potentially going to be the case. Uh, you know, all of my other kids have kind of more outgoing personalities. So I think that when it comes to bullies, they, they like to seek out the quiet kids, the kids that they think that they can get the most of a rise out of. Um, now, up until about three weeks ago, most of the abuse has been emotional or just uh, nitpicky for Gabe. It's been years of this. Um, uh, one such instance last year where a teacher literally just told him to get over it. Um, but it's not, it's not just, hey, you're short or hey, you're this. It's, it's incessant. Like every single day to the point where he'll be not wanting to go to school. Um, he had been threatened to be beaten up several times at this point. And uh, my husband and I spoke with Gabe and told him, you know, how to handle that. Um, we're gonna be, uh, I guess, focusing more on self-defense moving forward. But up until this point, we were really hoping that it would never come to the fact that he would have to defend himself. But we explained to him when, when to say when, when, when it's okay to defend yourself. And, um, about three weeks ago, he had an issue where a kid was slapping on him, laying on him, you know, calling him names, videotaping him uh, and posting it on Snapchat uh, to all the kids at school, uh, calling him gay and things like that. Um, and he came home from school really, really upset. Um, and thankfully, he knew the, the kid's name that that time. Um, so being a mom. Uh, I immediately uh, went to the Facebook group of all the kids in the community and said, if your kid's name is this, you need to call me right now because we need to have a conversation. Your kid's putting his hands on my kid, videotaping him. Um, that's an invasion of privacy. It's, it's an invasion of so many other things. Um, I spoke with the father and it seemed to have helped. Um, I really wanted to keep it that way because the school isn't the best and doesn't have the best track record of, of handling these things. Uh, yesterday, um, I was making dinner uh, and Gabe came in and normally he'll come up to uh, the counter and I'm almost always, you know, either, you know, doing some work at the counter or I'm cooking, right? Um, and he didn't this time. 
He didn't come in. He didn't say hello. He didn't do anything. He literally ran straight to his room, slammed the door, which he never slams the door. Uh, it's just, we are a no slamming doors family. <laughs> um, so I ran over into the, the room and I knocked and uh, he said, not right now. So I then entered because I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna let that go. And he turned around and I saw his face and he had just the biggest welt here. I'm, I'm talking like up here and all over. And he was crying and I, uh, I said, what happened? And he's like, I got my ass beat. That's literally what he said. And he, he doesn't curse, but he said that. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, and he's like, a kid punched me a bunch of times in the face. So I sat down and, and I tried to get as much information out of him. Um, we don't know who the, who the kid is, uh, but it sounds like he's a friend of the kid that got in trouble for doing that the last time. Um, an eighth grader who is double the size of my child. Gabe is very small for his age. Um, I would say about the size of my daughter who is in second grade and he's in sixth grade. Um, that's always been an issue. It's, it's hereditary. You know, he's just short. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, he's just a small kid. And judging by his feet, eventually he'll be a little bigger. <laughs> but um, he, is, he is picked on for that, for sure. Um, so I called my husband and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, so we called the bus garage. We are getting like, there's a, theoretically there should be some type of investigation going on, but we did end up calling the police because I have very little confidence, um, that anything will be done. And I wanted to make sure that there was a record of it at least. Um, I contacted the, the school resource officer and I've still not heard anything back. It's what time is it now? Like one noon, something like that. Still nothing. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it just makes you numb. It, it, it makes you mad. I mean, I've never wanted so badly to hit a child. <laughs> like I know that that's not the way, but you know, it was like he was hit by an adult like it it wasn't like a slight issue like I checked to make sure his pupils were equal and reactive that's how bad it looked um he's home from school today because well we originally wanted him to go to school so he could you know in some way say I'm not gonna let this stop me you're not gonna stop me from going to school like screw you you're not gonna do that but he woke up this morning and he was like, my eyes feel like they're pulsing. Like I've got a really bad headache. So um, he's home with me today and I've cleared my calendar for the week um, just to spend some time with him because, you know, the physical damage is obvious, but there's so much emotional damage that, that I know he's dealing with that, I mean, again, I'm going to use the word triggered again. It's like I'm triggered by this because I know what that's like. I know what it feels like and I know how helpless it is. Um, and the only thing I can think to do is seek some level of justice and just hold him and, and tell him that I won't let it happen again. Um, because I've, I've lost confidence. This isn't just Tennessee. I mean, I'm originally from Michigan. This kind of stuff 
happened in Michigan too. It's it's not an isolated incident, and it's not just happening happening to Gabe. It's apparently happening to kindergartners. Um, so, it's when your kid comes home and tells you that school is like prison with worst food. Worst food. I think that that should be a wake up call to literally every parent that's listening right now. Um, that there are three types of kids that are going to our schools right now. They're the Gabes, they're the kids that beat them up, or they're the neutrals. And the neutrals have a part to play in this too. Because when Gabe was getting the crap kicked out of him, his friend did nothing, did nothing, didn't say anything, didn't help. When stuff like that happened when I was a kid, I remember, you know, if anybody got into a fight, it was a kind of a big deal, right? You know, and everybody would crowd around and maybe they'd get a couple sucker punches in and then somebody would step in. Somebody would take care of it. Nobody did that. And to make matters worse, he was on the bus in the seat directly behind the bus driver. What does that tell you? Like, I know that they have to drive the bus, but she didn't see that twice in the past several weeks. I don't know about that. Like, that feels like a stretch. So what do we do when the kids won't intervene, when the adults don't intervene, when everybody just lets it happen? And then we wonder why kids lose it, right? When they snap. Um, I don't want him to snap. I don't want him to be that kid. I don't want him to get so fed up that he takes his own life, that he takes the life of somebody else, that that he even has to deal with that. Like that my kid thinks that he gets yard time at school, right? Like, and he has to worry about getting shanked. This is not, that is, this is not the world we need to be living in right now. And I'm kind of just feel powerless to deal with it because what do I do other than maybe taking him out of school, which does that really fix anything? It doesn't fix uh, it for anybody else. I mean, I might be able to save my own kid, but, you know, the ship is sinking <laughs> just because, you know, a couple people take a life, life raft doesn't mean that the ship isn't going to go down. And I'm immensely frustrated by it. Yeah, I, I remember when I was in, in high school, uh, so I'm... I'm not a tall guy. Everybody knows that that's been at an event or has been uh, met me in person, right? So uh, I like to put five six on my um, <laughs> on my driver's license, but I'm probably around five five. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I remember I was talking to about you about that, and I was like, "This guy's like a millionaire, and he gets to tell everybody what to do, and he's short too." <laughs> I well, I can tell you. Um, it, it, we talk about identity a lot. Um, I've given presentations on it recently, a lot more recently than, than in the past. But um, everything, like we have these, these wounds, these unhealed source of continuing pain, right? So he's got this wound that keeps, somebody else keeps opening it for him, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it builds the identity. So all the protection and the layers that go over his essence of who he is. You talk about how creative he is and how um, genuine he is and thoughtful. And he's kind of like um, old soul, right? And, and I, I had the opportunity to watch a video of, Heather talking to Gabe and about the incident and everything like that. And we're, we're, we're going to include it here somehow um, because I think it's really important for you guys to see like 
his response to all of this has been, well, it's never going to stop. Like, I can't stop it. They can't stop it. So, I mean, I'm just going to have to learn to deal with it. These kind of things. So it, it all becomes our identity, right? So as we get as we get older, we carry this around. And when you said the word triggered, like, that's exactly how I felt when I read this. I said, you know what? Like, I remember incidents when I was a kid hearing the same thing or the same thing happening. And, and to... Just to give some context here, um, I was an athlete, like a, a pretty like good athlete. I was probably one of the top athletes in our school in a couple different sports. Um, I was very fast. I was, um, and, and I, I was like quote unquote popular. Like if you think about popularity in school, right? Uh, like I, I was, I was on the soccer team. We were like number seven in the nation. Um, we won the state championship every year, and soccer was huge. It wasn't a football town that I lived in. It was a soccer town. And so, like, w- with that, I would, I would still get picked on. It wasn't from the athletes. Uh, well, we did, when we were freshmen, we got picked on a lot by the seniors in the soccer. I mean, I remember getting put in a ball bag and hung up um, on the goalpost, all the freshmen, and they were kicking balls at us and stuff. And it was like a rite of passage, still probably not correct, right, in what we were doing. And, um, and what that does is it breeds the next year to do it, and the next year to do it, and, the next, and usually it gets worse over time. But I'm talking about like some of the other people, like we had some, some violent and drugs in our school and stuff like that. So it was like more of the, some of the drug dealers or something like that, that would pick on, uh, on me. Like I, I was, I was short. I was very easy uh, size wise to get picked on. And that, like you said, they look for a target. And I just remember all of that. And, and honestly, I think that's where a lot of my sarcasm comes from. Like I had to be fast uh, with my comments and my comebacks and things like that, and, because I wasn't the biggest guy in you know middle school and high school, and so and I carried a lot of that uh, around with me. My height has always been a, like the the amount of abuse that I got uh, verbally, um, like it it transitions to relationships with with women. It transitions like with self worth, mm-hmm. things like that where. Um, as we get older and more mature, it's crazy because what you see is like you never know who's inside of there. And some people find their you find your way as you get older, like and you fit somewhere. And in school, it's like that person's different than what it should be, and that's not right. But I, I remember like after graduation and going to college and leaving and coming back, it's like all the people that were like quote, like not popular, quote unquote, in school, like. They're probably like 10 times more successful than most of the athletes that mm-hmm. that I was around. And somehow I was able to like get move out of that. I remember being in really smart classes. I get made fun of by my friends and the athletes because I was smart. Yeah. I'm in I'm in the classes and it, like seriously, I had to kind of like pretend to go to the advanced placement classes of like where I was going. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, man, I'm in here with all like the nerds, right? Quote unquote nerds. Like those nerds are making millions of dollars now <laughs> and are highly successful while my athlete friends are living in their parents' house. Some, yep. some still, right? So it's like, when you look back, it's, it's almost like, gosh, if we could just tell our kids it's going to be okay. And if you just like 10 years from now, like, <laughs> you got to get them. There. You'll, you got to get them. There. You'll just like, you know, so I was at, I was at a Tony Robbins event. I'm having some trouble here. So I was at a Tony Robbins event and there was a, there was a woman there who, um, I, 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 she, she's, she was amazing. And there was a quote that she said that hit me harder than anything that I've ever heard before. And I think about it right now when I think about Gabe and I think about all this. 
stuff that's happening all around the world right now. I mean, this is happening every day. There's, I mean, there's bullying going on nationally right now, internationally right now, right? Um, and so she said, ah, the people that make fun of you right now one day are going to be the people who tell others how they met you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like it is, it's, and it's totally true. Like that person that you were in school with that you beat up and you made fun of 20 years from now, when they sell their company for a hundred million dollars, they're going to say, I went to high school with that guy. Yeah. They're not going to say, I used to beat that guy up on the bus. They're going to wish they were that guy. And I, I like, I just, it's, it's hard because you don't get that level of maturity. People get it at all different times, right? The level of maturity that I saw in Gabe's video with you is it reminds me of my, um, of my cousin, Joey, who, when he was like 12 and 13, just went through so much at home and in his life that God, he brought me back to the church and like reintroduced me to God when I needed it. And he was 15. He couldn't even drive me there. And like, he, he's like, a, he's an old soul and he's amazing. And there's so many people out there like that. And there's also so many that are so insecure. And really what's happening with the bullies are they're just, they just, they find power out of dominating other people. And uh, I think we have uh, a huge responsibility here, like you said, as parents and as leaders in the community to not turn. I mean, I, 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 when I read that, what you put, I mean, you're putting like, they're, they're like um, punching and hitting and putting like their like wet finger in his ear and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And like you, you, you told a story about how he had just like had enough. Like at some point you get to have enough and then he slapped back. Yeah. And then that just like opened the floodgate for this guy to like pummel, pummel him, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm driving that bus, I don't care what road I am, it's not hard to pull over and stop that yeah. or say, what what's happening? Like, we have an, like, an authority figure that's there. When they turn a blind eye at it, it's almost like saying it's okay, yeah. right? And do this again and again and again and again. And it's one thing for not, like, not getting involved and actually like manually ripping them apart. Um, although I would do that too. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it's, it's just sad. It's really sad. And that's what is like hitting me so hard. It's like, I can't believe that, there are people out there that, like, if you're a bus driver, you're a leader. Yeah. You're an adult. You have a responsibility to, to do what's right, right? And, and, and increase the level of values that these kids have and teach them and coach them. And, um, and for, for you, you said um, a lot of this stuff can't be taught. It has to be uh, modeled. I wrote model. Yeah. You've got to model respect. Like, we're modeling everything that's out there. And, and just I think a lot about how do I show up all the time. Am I, uh, you know, am, am I fostering a good, uh, a good environment for my kids? Um, we've dealt with some of this myself. I have a seven year old son and, uh, it's, it's, it happens even with his friends, yeah. like his friends and him get in fights sometimes. Right. And, or their friends are picking on them. And you, you mentioned it's so, we didn't have a lot. I mean, we didn't have all the social media stuff and phones yeah. and video and you just mentioned Snapchat. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine if the big fight that was like, you had to hear about it or be there, mm -hmm. like the big fight, but now everybody sees it. There's people videotaping it and then they're putting it all over. And then, you know, 1,000 people know instead of 10. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just like, it's, it's, it's crazy. So no wonder suicides are high, depression is high, anxiety is there, people don't wanna to go to school. Like, I, I, I hear it from Will sometimes. He's like, I, just, I don't wanna to go today. Like, I don't wanna go on the bus. I don't wanna do this thing. I, this happened to me at school and it's just heartbreaking. And so what can we do, Heather? Like, what, what's, what can we do? We have, a, we have, you know, we've been on here talking about this. We have people that are listening. And if, you're, if the people are still listening, obviously they're interested and they're like, man, um, I, I've, I feel this, like something's got to change. Like, what do you think we can do? I mean, the awareness here is, is, is great. So, yeah. So, um, I asked Gabe that conversation or that, that question in our conversation, because I think that adults have a lot of ideas, right? Um, but I think that we also lose we lose touch with what's happening. You know, we, we can have our memories of what happened to us. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is it's a completely different world. It's a completely different circumstance. So I asked Gabriel because you're right. He is an old soul and he also is a very pragmatic child. So he said discipline and he didn't just say discipline. He said it like that. Like as soon as I asked him, how do you think we fix this? He said discipline. And again, we, we aren't slave drivers here. Like we, we do not have like a super rigored home environment. Um, so he, he, he didn't learn like discipline is the only way kind of thing. This is his idea. And what he had said is there's no incentive not to do it. Like what incentive is there for a bully to not bully? they do not lose anything from it. You know, if, if we talk about like achieving goals as like adults and stuff, like there's an incentive there. You, you want money, you want power, you want fame, you want, you know, time. What is it that you want? And you work to do the things you need to because of the incentives and also the bad things that could potentially happen if you don't do it. There's no incentive for bullies to be good people. There's no incentive for them not to hit. Because, I mean, when we were filing the police report, the police officer even said, he was like, look, you know, uh, even if you press charges, this particular county, nothing's going to happen to this kid. So it's not just the schools. It's like across the board, you can physically assault someone with minor recourse. Um, so there's no incentive to stop. There's no reason for somebody to go out of their way to bite their lip when things get bad or like you just sock them, right? Like you can just hit somebody and nothing's going to happen because the bus driver's not going to report it. Nobody's going to have a problem with it and you can do it again even. So the reason why I want to say this is, you know, discipline doesn't have to be, you know, go to prison. It, you know, the punishment should fit the crime, but there needs to be a consequence to putting your hands on another person. If I walked down the street and I socked my neighbor, I would go to jail, right? Or if I walked over to my neighbor and like was poking at them and like sticking my finger in their ear, like imagine what that police report would look like, but there would be a consequence. You can't just do that. Why can kids do it? Why can kids do that around adults? So until we start disciplining the children and, you know, reaching out to the parents and making um, an actionable effort to change this behavior. I don't think 
it's going to change. I, I really don't. And I think that, like Gabe said in the video, what else can he do other than just get used to it? Uh, avoidance and getting used to it. Societally, I think that, you know, what I said before, you know, we need to start acting as parents the way that we want our kids to be. You know, it's one thing to tell your kid to do the dishes. Your kid won't need to be told to do the dishes if they see you do them every single time. You need to be a reflection of what you want your kids to be. And I know from jump, I don't know who this kid is who did this to, to Gabe, but I know who his parents are. You can't be a respectable person and have a child like that, barring a significant mental problem. Um, it just doesn't happen. They need to walk the walk. We all need to walk the walk and be good. It's not hard to be a good person. It's, it's harder to be a worse person. You have to work. Yeah, I think my, my, uh, my kind of like call to action, anybody who's listening is, um, is to share this. Like, and um, because if you're listening to this and you listen to my show, um, you probably have some great kids. Like you're a self-development, personal development type person. You're, uh, you're trying to get better. You're listening to podcasts. Um, most of the people that we want to, we want to get in front of and, and hear this message are not regularly listening to the show and they're not regularly like learning about this and hearing about it where it, when it actually happens. So um, I really think that the more that we can talk about this kind of stuff and share it and, and get the word out there, like my, my goal for this is to make this the most like listened to shared podcast I've ever put on and maybe will ever put on. Um, we do a lot of different work with charities and things like that, but this is something that is like, it's, it's so easy to fix but so hard at the same time. So, and, and I would say, be more like Heather. Like, if this is happening to your child, like, speak up. Go find the parents. Like, you, you, you looked for that parent, had a conversation with them, and hopefully what that did was it made, it made your, them, that parent, realize, oh my gosh, I have to be better. And, um, and ask your kids what's going on at school. Like, find out. I mean, I don't know how to parent my son, Will. I have no idea. He's our first child. I am learning with him. And I, he came in one day and same thing as Gabe. He was like down. He went up to his room and he didn't want to talk. He, he didn't want to tell me what had happened. And he had got put in a headlock and thrown down the hill. And I was like, wait, what happened? And we talked to the parents. We, like These are friends. These are two friends. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, he's like, I, I don't want to be his friend anymore. And all this stuff happened. And we we're like, okay, how can we help facilitate this? As uncomfortable as it was, we got involved to the point where we thought we were needed. And then we let the kids sort it out because they were friends. Yeah. Now, if they weren't friends and it was a huge bully, like there's a totally different um, thing that needs to happen. And we're all doing that for the first time, right? With our kids a lot of times. And so we have to take that responsibility. So I'd say as, if you're a parent, um, Talk to your kids, like ask them what's going on at school and not just with them, but ask them what's going on with the other kids. So the biggest thing was that I talked to with Will about that was I said, Will, has this ever happened with, with that young man and other kids? And he's like, oh yeah, all the time, like here, here and here. And I said, okay, well, what do you do when that happens? Because this is a friend of yours, right? So what do you do? And he said, he said, I stick up for them. 
And so like just that like melted my heart, right? But like pouring into that and saying, hey, here's what you need to do. Um, I'll say I'm a Cub Scout leader. Um, I remember have, I, I was a Cub Scout and I was a Boy Scout as an Eagle Scout. Um, I wanted to quit Scouts because it was the nerdy thing to do. And, and when everybody saw me in that uniform, it was like, that beat that kid up. And that's what happens a lot of times. But I'll tell you, we teach a lot of that stuff in Scouts. We teach a lot about uh, the buddy system, about doing the right thing, about helping other people. Uh, you know, and, and, and there's certain sports and there's lots of different things that, that teach those kind of uh, values. And so I would say, figure that out. Look at what they're watching. My son is watching uh, kids play video games. He's playing these video games. These are violent video games, some of the ones that he wants to play. Um, and so I'm actually not just giving him his iPad for three hours while I get some work done. I'm actually trying to be more involved in his life and understanding what he's doing and, and seeing what he's watching and saying, hey, no, like, turn it off. Like, we're not watching this. And, and really kind of engaging with that. I think, I think there's a lot that's going on. They're open to a lot of different things. They see a lot. They hear a lot. And just being more involved in your child's life. And then as a teacher or, or a leader in the community, like, how can you make a change? Like, uh, you know, you're involved in this. You're in the system. You see it. Somebody's got to step up and do something um, all around. Because you're right. There's a, there's a lot of things that happen down the road. But also, like what I loved, Heather, when we were talking about, about Gabe, it was a lot of, you know, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. But you're like, you know what? I just... I want to let him be him. Yeah. And that's the biggest, I think that's the best thing that we can do is let our kids, like not try to control who our kids are going to become, but let, this is something that they're going to have to go through. But how can we help them and make sure that things like this, they don't have to go through this to get strength, yeah. right? So um, I don't know. There's a lesson in everything, but I, I, I want to, I just, I wanted to bring Heather on. I wanted to tell Gabe's story and I wanted to challenge anybody who's listening to just, I mean, this is really, this is, this is one thing that I have. I have this show, we have this platform, we have this place to talk about it. Um, and I, I know that Facebook post need, just needs more, we need bigger noise, more noise. So if you guys share this, if you tell somebody about it, if you, if you like do something with this, like just hit the share button and put it on your social media profile. Maybe one person that needs to hear it, hears it. And then it's effective for what we need to do. And uh, have the conversation. Talk to your kids. Talk to your neighbors. Um, share it inside of your HOA Facebook group. Like all these, it doesn't matter. Like this story is, it's not just Gabe's story. It's probably tens of thousands of kids every single day around the country. And, and ten, 10 times, 100 times more around the world that are going through this exact same thing. And they're like, to think that your kid looks at school as prison. This is the place that they're supposed to be learning and, and growing and making, building relationships. And then when the relationship, they don't want to build relationships with other people because they just get picked on all the time. It's just, this is a horrible place to live. Right. And the next step and the next step and the next step after that is a very dark place. So, um, Heather, anything that you want to say before we kind of wrap up? Uh, yeah, I just, again, I just want to reiterate, um, what you said about the teachers. I know that, uh, I know that in a lot of ways, their hands are kind of tied, um, but we parents want to make it change too. Like how, how do we work together to change the laws or the, the way the system works to allow you to safely manage this? Because again, I, I just remember being in school and I don't know if the laws have changed or, but 
teachers had more leeway. They were able to help. Um, you know, how did we get here and how do we work together as parents and educators to make sure this stops? Um, so I would just ask that question. I know that I'm going to be seeking the answer on how I can, you know, personally work, you know, to make something happen because if their hands are tied, then nothing can change. So that talk to your local school district, go to the meetings, go to the parent teacher conferences, you know, talk to them too. Uh, because I find it incredibly hard to believe that everybody in school just doesn't care. I feel like there's, there's an insidious thing that we just don't know what it is. We have to uncover it and defeat it. Yeah, I agree. And if you're, uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to do more, I hope this encourages you to go do more. And if I can help at all from my platform, anything that I do, any of that stuff, please respond to the email that we send you. Reach out to me. Um, I'm more than happy to figure out how I can, how I can help. So yeah. uh, Heather, thanks for being here. Um, we have a video of Heather and her son that are talking and um, uh, we'll figure out how to, I'll talk with Heather about how we're going to use that. Maybe we put it on another show. Um, to hear kind of his, who he is and, and what he's doing, maybe tacking on to the end of this one, uh, put a link in the email, something like that. But we'll, um, anybody that wants to see that, I think it would be, I think it'd be really, really valuable because you get to see who this little boy is. And it's just, it's like amazing. Like I'm sitting here angry, frustrated. I want to throw my, like when I read that this morning, I like triggered is uh, the perfect word. Like I was like ready to just go down to that school <laughs> And, um, and re re reach out to you immediately. But watching that, like his response is, it's, it's that of just a calm, collected, like uh, young man at 11 years old, who I know is gonna grow up to be just an amazing human being. Yes, he is. So it's really, it's really cool to watch. Uh, so we're gonna figure out how to, how to get that to you guys too, so. Um, Heather, thanks for coming on here. If anybody wants to reach out to you, how could they find you? How could they reach out to you if they want to uh, give you some support or, or get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, so you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Heather Lynn Foster, also my company, Oh My REI. Uh, you can follow me through there. So I post not just business stuff, but family stuff. And if you want to just kind of follow us on this journey uh, as we try to deal with it, um, I would definitely go there. Yeah, and if you go to Heather's Facebook page now, you'll see this the long post that I saw this morning. Um, and we're recording this on Thursday, uh, March. It's like a newspaper, so you got to go to back <laughs> to that date. March 24th, Thursday, March 24th. So um, that was the post I saw this morning, and maybe we'll include it in the email or something like that, a screenshot. So um, Heather, thanks for being here. And I I'm sorry that we're catching up on something like this, but I think it's really, uh, really important to... Uh, to highlight. And, um, and if you guys have any other stories like this that we can help um, like get out and stuff like that, please send them to us, um, info at sevenfigureflipping.com, or if, we, if I can do anything to help anybody else out there that's uh, going through something like this. So uh, Heather, thanks a lot. And everybody, I know it's a kind of heavy show, and, uh, but I promise we will get back to talking about real estate investing advice um, on the next one or the one after that, if we're going to play games on the next one. So um, uh, thanks for listening to this. And I, I really do hope that this is one of the highest rated shows that we ever had. Um, and, uh, I know we're not talking real estate today, but if we get this right, 
we can get the future of America and, and possibly the world right. So uh, these little things can be fixed and we can raise some really incredible uh, next generation. And that's what we're all in it for, right? Is the legacy of what we leave behind. And uh, so thanks, Heather. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody.